Oh, my stuff is heavy, B. Could you adjust that, please? Good morning, church. Um, thanks, Bevan. Thanks, Dean. Um, this this uh, morning, I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. It's been a challenging week, I must say. It really, really, really has been a challenging week. And um, it's amazing how the enemy whispers things in your ear, you know, when you're going through what you're going through. And uh, I remember when I was preparing this word, um, the whispering was, but you're wasting your time. Who really takes value out of this? People come, people go, they listen, in here, out there. What value are you really adding? Can you imagine trying to prepare for something and those whisperings are going in your ear, you wasting your time? Um, so, I came this morning and still had that whispering in my ear, waste of time, waste of time. What is it all for? Waste of time. And from the time that I've gotten here this morning, it's amazing from what the worship team chose, the, you know, trust in Jehovah, us raising a hallelujah in the midst of our storm, giving glory and honor to God, just raising his countenance. That's my message, by the way. Those steps that were given in the worship team this morning. What Bevan stood here this morning and prayed, us being all of the, the all that's in the earth belonging to God is in my message this morning. Um, what Grenville just shared is in my message this morning. And only God, you know, the way God does things is there is nothing that is attached to the word that's a waste of time. We, as the vessel, the ordinary human being that's standing here, has no idea what God is up to. And it's also a humbling experience once again. It's not about me. It's not about anybody that's standing up here. It's about what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in my life. We've sometimes got no idea. We stand here like, actually like sheep. And they say the sheep is supposed to be the most dumb, useless, just eat, walk, feed, and move on to the next day. But it's being used as a vessel for blessing and furthering the kingdom. Amen? Amen. The wool, the meat, um, the relationship that comes between shepherd and sheep that abounds is something that we cannot explain. And sorry, this isn't part of my message. I'm just going as the Spirit leads. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much this morning just for confirmation that you're in control. 
Father, I thank you this morning that I can step out of the way and that you can use me as your vessel this morning. Father, I don't know who needs to hear what needs to be said, but we pray over your word this morning, O Lord, and we pray, O Father, that you do a mighty work in whoever's life this is meant for. Father, we pray over your seed that never returns to your void, and we thank you in advance that you are bringing about a new season. We thank you, Lord, that all that we do, all that we go through, is all for your glory, all according to your purpose. And the Church of Rebirth says, Amen. So, family, my... I'm used to having... Hey, I'm getting like a... Can I get demanding? Can I have another? <laughs> um, the title of the message this morning is Where He Leads. Thanks, thanks, P. Is uh, Where He Leads, dot, dot, dot. I'm going to add to that is um, Will We Follow? Okay, so where he leads, where we follow. And in a life that's filled with very steep challenges, very steep incline of challenges that we're going through, um, the reality of who we trust, of where our resource comes from, the crossroads that we get to is one that we have to all face at some point in time. Because... The truth be told, prior to this time that we're walking, prior to this time that we're going through, we've had lots of resources that we've put our faith in. We've had lots that we could say, I'm secure for A, B, and C number of years. I've got the plan mapped out. That has been brought to none. The Spirit has shown us what it means to rely on the Spirit. What we've tried to build up can be gone in a flash. It's in alignment with Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans on a man's heart, but it is the purpose of the Lord that prevails. We've seen that in this time. Um, I want to take us to the book of Psalms this morning, starting with Psalms 22. If you can turn to Psalms 22. And I just want to look at a sequence from Psalms 22, 23, and 24. The title, like we said, is Where He Leads, But Will I Follow? All right, so looking at the sequence of Psalms 22, 23, and 24. So Psalms 22 starts out with, My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Does it sound familiar to you? Yeah. Should, hey? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the very words there, okay, talk of a cry of desperation, of separation, you know? Cry of, I'm in a place right now that I don't want to be that often gets us to cry towards the Almighty. Where else was my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me used? Matthew 27 verses 46. Jesus on the cross. Let me practice my um, Hebrew. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Does anybody speak Hebrew here? Okay, so I said that perfectly. Right, so we, we, we hear in the cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The recognition of the need for God. That's in Psalm 22. We move, so, so if you look at Psalm 22, the first half is all about the stress and the strife. And remember, this was written a thousand years before Jesus was on the cross. But look what David is writing here. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Look at some of the parallels. Um, in verse 14, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. Verse 16, they pierced me, my hands and my feet. Verse 18, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Some say that this psalm should be the fifth gospel. Um, down the middle of the psalm, Psalm 12, uh, uh, verse 21, I like this. You have answered me. You have answered me. And then it goes into the declaration and the thankfulness of who God is. Our praise is up to him. Psalm 23. So now we've got God coming into the gap here um, in Psalm 22. Person going through strife. God having answered them. If we look at the cross, that's exactly what has happened, right? Sin was introduced. The cross was introduced. God came into the gap for a need. Psalm 23, I'm sure we all know this. The Lord is, who shepherd? My personal shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we saw a need here. We, there was separation. There was a void. There was a cry out for where God is. Okay? There was a sacrifice that happened. And then the shepherd came. Okay? God standing in the gap. Then we have Psalm 24. And this is what Bevan prayed this morning. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness the world and all those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Moving down to verse 5. He shall receive 
blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him. Say, seek him. Who seek your face. Who is this king of glory? This is in verse 8. The Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. We need to seek his face. We need to see who he is. So we saw the recognition of separation. We saw the void that happened. We saw the introduction of the cross. Literally, our DNA, his blood calling to our blood, bringing that separation into one. So we have the cry in verse 22. We have the solution in um, chapter 23 and we have the promise of the sovereign God that we need to chase after in chapter 24 so that's the sequence of becoming a follower okay the sequence of a fo- becoming a follower and I know this sounds like I'm preaching to the choir But sometimes we go through life so doing our own thing, so doing our own formula. God has given us a blueprint of how this is supposed to happen. We are supposed to go to the cross. We are supposed to repent and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then we are supposed to chase after him. How? Through his word and through prayer. Because what does that bring about? Relationship relationship so what the praise and worship team sang this morning jehovah in you i trust but what does trust really mean what does trust really mean okay trust you need to get into relationship relationship then builds trust proverbs 3 verses 5 trust in the lord your god with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path now the last part of that interests me and he will direct your path why does God actually want to direct our path that's a question hey God has made us God has given us free will choice but here he says and I will direct your path. Maybe God knows something that we don't. If we are left to our own devices to engineer our own path, we actually lead ourselves down to the path of spiritual death. God sees the end from the beginning. God knows what we are doing. So think about it in this way. God engineered man for perfect relationship with him. Sin came about and put a virus into the DNA of man. Okay? This is why God needs to direct our paths. Because 
of the DNA, the infected DNA that we have. We actually need an antivirus. We actually need our program to be reset. We need our program to have a renewal, a rebirth. But here's the problem. Many of us actually say, but I'm not that bad. I'm, 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 you know, I know when we talk about sin and all of these things, I don't do the things that are so bad. But how does God see these things? Hey, how does God see these things? Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your DNA, the infected DNA, the virus that is in your DNA needs to be in these, in these terms that the IT guys used. It needs to be de-infected. Is it, is it something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Dean's looking at me like, no. Listen, I think de-infected is, is, is far better than infected. Hey? So, God, we saw on the cross there, right? We saw on the cross the blood that was being shed, that was literally the antivirus that was being produced for our blood, for our DNA that's already being infected. The, the problem is here. We, we as man actually go through our daily lives Go through the mindset of, I'm not that bad. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't raped anybody. I haven't done A, B, and C. Yet God still says you're infected. God still says you need a deep cleaning. You need a reset. You need a rebirth. Question is, are we of the same mindset? Proverbs 14 verses 12 says they there is a way that seems right to man. But the end of that is death. So you and I, in saying that, I'm not that bad, I'm not that bad, is already a problem. Because the word of God is saying that that way, that that argument that we are having right now is futile. The argument that you are having against the King of Kings says you are being fooled, you are being lied to. That that you are talking about right now is not the key to spiritual life. That's key to spiritual death. Jeremiah 17 verses 9 to 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And we go through life with these hearts. We were born with these hearts. And we still tell ourselves, but I'm not that bad. We still compare sin with, in our minds, bigger sin. It's the lie from the pit of hell. Mark 7 verses 21 to 23. And tick off in your mind, don't raise your hand, just tick off in your mind anything that applies. For from within, 
Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts. Sexual immorality. Theft. Murder. Adultery. Coveting. Wickedness. Deceit. Sensuality. Envy. Slander. Pride. Foolishness. Wow. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. We could take some of those um, uh, um, out there and say, but that's not so bad. Is pride really such a bad thing? Is envy really such a bad thing? Me taking a little bit of something here, stealing here, stealing there, is that such a bad thing? The Word of God calls it evil. So are we fooling ourselves when we say that we are okay? Are we fooling ourselves by saying that we are okay? Who of us can say that we do not fall short? So God actually wants to rescue us from the spiritual death that we are walking. God wants to rescue us from the thought of, I am okay. Because whether you like it or not, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your DNA is still infected. Your DNA is still infected by the first sin committed by Adam. Let's not forget Eve. So, this morning, the first steps that we're talking about in terms of recognizing a need. Um, unfortunately, many of us do need to get to the point in our lives where we cry to the Lord at that point and we say, why have you forsaken me? But God has been there knocking all the time. God has been there knocking all the time. We've just moved away. We've just moved away. Now, after we've gone through the, the, the various steps that we've gone through, we saw on screen that we have seasons we saw that we go through things in life coming into the family of God coming into the house of God doesn't promise that life is going to be rosy yes. far from it yes. far from it this is what happens when you come into the the fold of God where God becomes your shepherd and all out war breaks for your spiritual faith yes. and all out war breaks because that's the last thing the enemy has the enemy wants if if a virus has been planted in there it's been planted for a reason right the enemy wants to use it for whatever he wants to use it for so if you are now taking away the corrupted files what is the what leverage does the enemy have so does the enemy sit on his hands and say, it's okay, far be from it. Okay, this is where we enter into this war. So, let's read once again the seasons 
of life. And like Bevan said as well, condolences to the Williams family on the loss of their loved one. Um, when I was thinking about that when I read it, I I thought again, you know, of, of Ecclesiastes 3 that I've turned to now. And I thought, wow, it's, it's not so long ago we were celebrating an anniversary. Um, I know Alison uh, had gone off to a matric ball with somebody, having a lot of fun and all of those things. Time for partying, time for laughing, time for smiling. But this thing of seasons is cyclic. It's not linear. It does not continue forever. The cycle of seasons does happen. What are we doing to prepare for it? Who do we have on our side for when we go through that? Are we really saying, I get to go through this with you by my side? Or are we asking the question of why do I have to go through this? The cycles and the seasons of life. Let's read through it. And when we're reading through this in Ecclesiastes 3, once again, think about this, like I said. Think about this question. Do I get to go through this with the Lord? Because if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're not on your own. You are not on your own because his promise is, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Isn't it beautiful to know that whatever you are going through, you've got the King of Kings on your side. Yes. You've got the Almighty on your side. This is not your burden to carry yeah. on your own. That is the promise. So when reading this in, in Ecclesiastes 3, I want us again to remember that we are not walking this path alone. Amen. So the Word of God says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under, sun, um, under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. We are not alone. A time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn. He is there. He is with us according to his purpose and a time to dance just remember something that really um, came to mind when we're looking at the seasons of our lives is isn't it amazing that we don't cry out to god with that amount of emotion when we're going through the good times in life. Why is it that we, we are, when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, 
then we can cry out to God in desperation. Why are we not raising our hallelujahs in the good times too? Why are we not raising our hallelujahs in the good times too? Because that season is also purposed by God. That season that you're walking in is because you've come out of another season. Are we raising the hallelujahs for the times when we feel the burdens have shifted off? Gnomes sent, uh, um, sent, shared such a beautiful testimony last week of what God has brought her through. Are we raising that hallelujah when we have come through what we have come through? Are we sharing the testimony of what God has done for us? Not to blow our own horns because we've got nothing to do with it. It's all about God giving praise to Him and also that somebody else can overcome with what they've overcome and what they are going through. There's a time to cast away stones and there's a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and there's a time to lose. Holy Spirit, let us know and be sensitive to all these times and thank you also that it's according to your purpose always. In this, in this tool, we trust you. There's a time to keep and there's a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. There's a time to love and there's a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Once again, beloved, it's nothing that you have to go through on your own. Nothing you have to go through on your own. That's the promise from the Almighty. I want to tell you a quick story on the sheep in um, the highlands of Scotland. So we have the shepherd and we have the sheep and we know that the shepherd will give his life for his sheep. The shepherd's or the sheep's health and welfare is the shepherd's main concern. So on the highlands in Scotland, when the shepherd is looking after the sheep, the sheep sometimes wander off down in between the rocks on these highlands to where the grass is sweeter. Okay, Sometimes moving three to four feet down, or actually even more, 12 feet down, it's in, in, in meters or about three to four meters, to a point of where the sheep actually can't return on their own. Okay. They're bleating in distress down the side of the mountain there somewhere. The shepherd can hear them, can hear the bleats of distress. But the shepherd doesn't go down to rescue them at that point. Why is that? Does the shepherd not care about the sheep at this point? No. It's for the sheep's own good at this point in time. I'll tell you why. 
the shepherd actually waits until the sheep has eaten all the grass around it, all that sweet grass that it's busy with, that it's gone down into that land of danger, into that area of danger for, leaves it until it's feasted on everything. And it's bleating in distress at the same time. The shepherd doesn't go down at that point. The shepherd waits, the shepherd waits, the shepherd waits, until that, because there's no more food there, there's nothing to graze on, the sheep gets to a point of where it's faint. It cannot even stand anymore. Okay? This is when the shepherd goes down. This is when the shepherd goes down, puts a rope around the sheep, and brings it back to safety. Why does he not go before that? Because the sheep has no idea as to what path it should go. If the shepherd goes while the sheep is full of energy, it has all of the sustenance around it, the sheep will literally leap off of that ledge when the shepherd is coming to save it. What does the master do with us? What does the master do with us? And we, when we shout and we say, Lord, where are you? Where are you? But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The Lord knows why he does what he does. We thank the Lord for what it is that he's doing, for when he decides to intervene. Because he has... our interests at heart. There's a different side to this as well because we sometimes make the decisions that we make in life. We heard from Pastor Herschel last week about that. There's consequences to the decisions that we make. We can't then get angry at God for what we've done. We've done the wrong and then we say, bless it. We remember what King David did. Here's, here's another man's wife that he's taken, impregnated her, had a baby with her. And when God says, mm -mm, this is not on, there's consequences to that. There's consequences to that. I'm reminded that God says in the, in the, in the word of, in his word that adultery is like taking hot coals onto your lap and expecting not to be burnt. There's consequences for our choices. So now David has this baby and he says to the Lord, no, please, I'm going to use the biblical things to try and reverse this that I've done. I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray to sway the hand of God. Lord, in my goodness, I'm going to try and sway your hand. There's a way that God does things. He's there for us, but there's also consequences to what it is that we do. But even in those decisions that we've taken, God is faithful still. God is faithful still. We make mistakes. We do what we do, but God is faithful still. I want to close this morning and I want to read from 
Acts um, 16. Uh, no, that's not where I wanted to read from. Apologies. I'm just thinking now of... <laughs> before we get to, to closing, I'm just thinking now of when we are following God, when we are being led by God, we have the idea that, remember, like I said, we under the covenant and everything should go according to the way that we think it's going to go. I'm, I'm reminded in Acts 16 of, of Paul who was going to go to preach in Asia and the Holy Spirit stops him. The Holy Spirit puts a stop to that. And you wonder, okay? Holy Spirit puts a stop to that. He ends up in Macedonia where he casts out the spirit out of a slave girl. What was the results? Beaten, thrown into prison for the gospel. We, we think about Joseph and his up and downs in life. We think about him following God's purpose. Being in the palace, being in the prison, but still following God. Take it back to you and I. And I know not everything has gone according to plan in our lives. Loved ones have been taken away from us. Our riches that we've built have been taken away from us. God has offended us. Some of us have built up such unforgiveness, such anger towards God, it's like, it's not fair. How could you do such a thing to me? How could you do such a thing to me? Is that offense worth the cost of your soul? Is that offense in our minds worth the cost of us spending an eternity away from the Father? Is what we need to ask ourselves. Whose purpose is it that needs to prevail? Who is the God Almighty? We need to ask. I want to read from Philippians 3. And, you know, it talks a little bit like uh, Grenville was talking about just now. The things that we have, what does it mean? So Philippians 3 verses, I think this is, uh, Lord, you must restore my eyesight. But uh, maybe I should start wearing those uh, specs that I um, actually have got. Eh? Lord, we pray for wisdom. So, I think this is, I'll tell you now, verse 4. <laughs> um, Philippians 3, verses 4. Paul speaking. I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, 
has lots of reasons to be uh, proudful. A Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, which he did very well, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being confirmed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. May this be our prayer as the church, that we not walk in that I'm good enough. I don't do things as bad as A, B, and C. I am puffed up by what I have. I am puffed up by what my source is, my supply is. Counted all none for relationship and trust with the Father, with the Almighty, which in its, in its, in its own brings about that relationship that we're talking about, the trust which brings about what we want, spiritual life in Him. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I think it's, it's a word for, for each and every one of us to just to, to go back and look on the inside. Lord, our lives have become so busy.